Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. Today, we have Taylor Elise Morrison with us. She turned being bad at self-care and being firmly convinced of every human's potential into a career. She's the founder of the media company Inner Workout and the author of a book by the same name, recently named one of Fortune's 10 Innovators Shaping the Future of Health. Taylor is tired of aspirational wellness as usual. Instead, instead, she builds businesses, content, and experiences that make well-being and personal development more accessible. You're just as likely to see Taylor facilitating a workshop at a Fortune 100 as you are to see her talking about TikTok and body image with a high school class. Wherever she goes, Taylor's sure to use her coaching, mindfulness, and movement training to meet people where they're at and offer actionable steps towards creating a world without burnout. I'm so excited you're here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. And I love everything that you're doing. Congratulations on being one of the 10 innovators shaping the future of health. That's huge. Thank you. Yeah. I was very surprised when that happened. I was like, wow. Um, Yeah. It was very much an honor. There's definitely some imposter syndrome there, but it is nice to put in a bio. I'll still put Mm -hmm. in my bio. Yeah, right. We'll still mention it, you know. Um, Before we jump into a conversation I'm super excited about, let's give us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I am based in Chicago and I have had a pretty winding career. So I started my career at a Fortune 100 at Allstate in a leadership development program, realized pretty quickly that although it was a great company, corporate wasn't for me. So I left and I joined a health and wellness startup as their first full-time employee and got a taste of what it's like to be really at the ground floor of a startup, but I still wanted to work for myself. So I had a brief stint back at Allstate at a startup owned by Allstate Hmm. was like, yeah, no, I want to go on my own. And so about four years ago, four coming up on five years ago, I quit my full-time job. At the time, I was growing a different company that I had, a brand strategy company. And I had a part-time job, was doing that and kept burning myself out. Burnout is a theme in my life. And from that work that I had to do myself around self-care and burnout, Inner Workout came to be uh, first as a company and then now as a book. Amazing. I love that. I had a uh, somewhat similar journey to you where I was like, I think I want to work for myself, but I ended up taking on a full-time position and right before I started my business full-time and I was in that position for maybe six months and like 
I pulled back to part-time and then they knew I wasn't committed. So they let me go. And it was just like, you know what? The universe is doing for me what I can't do for myself and giving me the opportunity to just do my own thing. And that was same timeline as you too. It'll be five years this July. So um, funny how that happens when we're like, we want to do something, but we're not quite there. And the universe is like, boop, here's the kick in the ass that you need to make that happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And congrats. It's a big deal to be like working for yourself for that long. I know. I know. It's crazy to think where I am now and where I started. And now my husband works for the company as well. He's kind of got like his own branch and stuff. So, um, but let's, let's dig into this topic of, I'm so intrigued by it. Self-expertise versus self-care. Tell us, where do we start? You want maybe give us a little bit about where this originated, this idea? Yeah. Well, I like to joke that I have made a career out of like clarifying terms that get really thrown in the mainstream Mm -hmm. to the point that they start to lose their meaning. So first it was self-care, like, Mm -hmm. and I'm still very passionate about self-care. The way that we define it at Inner Workout and in the book is self-care is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. Mm -hmm. And most of the time when we see self-care, it's like that action or that purchase is self-care. Whereas I like to think of self-care as this broader conversation and that in and of itself, I feel like if you're practicing self-care that way, as you're really trying to listen to your whole self, your body, your mind, your emotions, and then respond with love to what comes up, that already is going to be like a really transformational way to practice self-care. But beyond that, even and I wrestle with this, having a company where I get to talk to people and help them build the skill of self-care, whether it's in a workplace or one-on-one with coaching clients. I find that people, even as they're trying to listen within, haven't learned how to listen within. And they're so used to doing what I call outsourcing their expertise, Mm -hmm. where they're like, I need, I just want that formula. Just tell me exactly what to do. Tell me what I I should be hearing when I listen to myself. When it's like, that's not the point. The point is when you're practicing self-care in this way, and when you're truly doing your inner work, you are becoming your own best expert Mm -hmm. and everything else. I definitely think it's great to have a support system and a self-care support system, but everything else is kind of in service to what you know about yourself and your expertise. Whereas most of us are like, you must know everything, you person outside of me, you book, you teacher, you whatever, tell me what I should be doing. And we really need to flip that on its head if we want to feel cared for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I actually, in 2023, so normally I have like a word that encompasses my theme for the year. Um, and I could not think of a single word this year that felt like really impactful. So I have three pillars and the first pillar is be your own guru. And for me, that's like exactly what you're saying. Like last year I spent a lot of money on, to be part of a mastermind and I don't regret it because I regret nothing. Uh, but that was a really good lesson 
a, a very expensive reminder that I have the answers I need within me. And when I seek support to help me maybe further dig into those answers or understand them or further unravel, that's great. But I need to start with me first. And I'm kind of hearing that in what you're saying here. Yeah, absolutely. Because most of us, we're, we're like, I we start from a place where we almost think that we're deficient or we don't know enough or someone else needs to connect us to some wisdom that we can never have access to. Whereas, like you said, a lot of times we have the answers. Mm -hmm. We perhaps could get support in how our body speaks to us or how our inner voice speaks to us and support in hearing ourselves, but not necessarily needing support or We don't necessarily need to have someone, and I don't even know if it's fully possible for someone to just give us the exact answers unless they have like a really, really deep relationship. But even I have a client that I've been working with for quite a while at this point, and we're on Voxer all the time. And most of the time, what I'm doing is just pointing her back to, I remember that you did this exercise where you define success. I'm hearing that you're wanting to compare yourself to other people. Let's revisit the work that you've already done. It's not me telling her, this is the path to success. It's, oh no, you did that work. Let's dig into it. What feels true? What doesn't feel true? How can we support you in realizing that? Right. And I'm wondering from what you've seen and the people you've worked with, I mean, are we seeking that expertise outside because we don't trust ourselves because we're not making time to tune into ourselves because we don't even know how to do it. Like probably a combination of the things. Exactly. I think it is a combination of all three. Um, And I would guess, let me not make assumptions. Let me share observations. So when I'm talking to like a more broad audience, most people aren't taught how to listen within. So the listening within in general is a barrier. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you just want me to sit here and listen to myself. How will I know what's coming up? Or I'm not used to sitting with my emotions or I'm not used to even the the idea that that something inside me could be wise and it feels very abstract to them. Mm-hmm. So for many people, and again, looking at the broader population, that is definitely a barrier. When you get to people who are listening to this podcast or people who would identify as someone who is doing their inner work and is interested in personal development, that's where that second piece starts to come in. I think trust can be such a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Because I can't, I feel like I keep saying this that like we're not taught to listen within. We're also not necessarily taught to trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're taught that people over there who are older or are in a higher like socioeconomic status than us, all of these different things that they must somehow know better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not there yet. I also think that the more marginalized identities that you hold, the more likely it is that there is going to be that lack of trust. Like I, you're not seeing me right now, but I'm a black woman and I can think of ways in my upbringing and in different situations that I've been in where I felt like 
I'm different. I maybe shouldn't trust my instincts because these people are doing it this way and it seems to be working out fine for them, but I have a very different reality and different set of experiences. Mm -hmm. So I think that trust is, is just a major factor. And I, um, I've been with my husband for quite a while at this point. And I think of all the work that we have done over the course of our relationship to build trust with each other. Mm -hmm. And some of it is very intentional where it's like, okay, I fall asleep before I do the dishes, but I know it's important that if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And so I work to build that trust up. That's just, that's not even fully a true example, yeah. <laughs> but you get the point. Yes. It's not always, people don't always do that kind of trust building exercise with themselves. Right. So not only depending on your identity, may society have encouraged you not to trust yourself, but then you're not doing these regular exercises. Again, that can be micro things that allow you to trust yourself to see like, oh, the world doesn't fall apart. In fact, it actually, life feels a little bit easier when, when I trust myself. And I feel a little bit more confident when I trust myself. So it takes work, but that is a huge step to building your self-expertise is taking even the smallest inkling, like I'm going to paint my nails this color or all the way up to something bigger. Like it's time for me to quit my job. Mm -hmm. And the more you do that, it's like a muscle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like a muscle and it gets like, it gets to be more normal, right? Like the more we practice this self-trust and we tune into ourselves, the the more just like automatic it becomes that when we're in this moment where we're making this challenging decision or deciding what we need to do, we start to just more automatically rely on our own selves rather than that like immediate reach for someone else or to ask for someone's mm -hmm. opinion, even someone close to you, you know, even your partner or your best friend, we immediately reach to them. But as we build that, that flex, that muscle, it becomes more automatic to be like, okay, let me start with me first and then bring in those supporting opinions or ideas or thoughts to help me glean more insight into this. Yeah. And the other thing that came to mind is that the more that you do this for yourself, it really shifts, at least for me, it shifted my perspective. So now I'm... I, I remember like really early on where I was building things. The example that's coming to mind is someone had like this email funnel that if you wanted to opt out, and this was this was years ago. So before it was a lot easier to do this, but she had a button where you could like click and say, I'm not interested in this specifically, but I want to say on your overall email list, mm. which now that's almost a given in so many email service providers, but it wasn't that easy years ago. And I remember like looking through to see how she did this and to reverse engineer it and to like want to really emulate how she did it, which isn't a bad thing to learn from other people, but I'm less inclined to, to do that level of reverse engineering now. Or I can think of like people's being on people's websites and being like, I need to make my website like her website mm -hmm. instead of now being like, okay, what feels really good about this person's website? 
I love the way that their voice is really clear and strong, mm-hmm. or I appreciate how how the photos tell a story that ties into the words. And I don't need to then pose like whoever it is right. in my own photo shoot, but think how can I do that in my own way? Or how can I take that feeling that's mm-hmm. being inspired and do it in my own way? And so it's really changed the way that I look at things instead of looking at everyone as a person to copy or to emulate. It's more like, okay, what am I learning from them? Mm-hmm. What do I know about myself? And how can I take those learnings and apply them in my own way? And another piece that we haven't fully brought into this too is like part of self-expertise means doing the work to get to know yourself, Mm. whether it's like I'm in a human design kick right now, but it could be the Enneagram or it can be doing journaling and seeing how like your cycles and your moods shift over a period of time and what themes come up. Sometimes it's fun to do that. What themes come up in your journal and you're like, oh, I keep using this word or whenever I do this task, I'm always excited or I'm always drained afterwards. So when you have that foundation of knowledge, then you're looking at other people and saying, well, that really works for them because they're energized by that thing. I'm drained by that thing. Can I get to something similar in a way that energizes me? Right. Yes. Yeah. Looking for those patterns in our life. And what comes to mind for me is this idea of like always being in the mindset of curiosity, you know, like always being curious about what brings you down, what fuels you, what excites you, what you feel inspired by, what you feel jealous of. Like I was just listening to um, an episode of Dear Gabby, Gabby Bernstein, and she was having a conversation with, um, her name's Melissa Wood. And she was saying how Melissa went to like one of her very, very, very early events, like many years ago before everyone knew who Gabby Bernstein was. And Melissa was like, I saw you come out at this like ethereal, brilliant, like angel goddess of a woman. And, and Gabby was like, I just want to remind you that you were just seeing a reflection of yourself. You were just seeing mm-hmm. what you know to exist within yourself. You just didn't see it as you yet. And I love that reminder and it feels sort of true here is that we want to get answers from someone else, but what we see in them and what we like about them already exists within us. That's why we're seeing it. That's why it's being reflected back to us. And so it's like, that's why I say jealousy, because it's like when you're jealous of someone, it's an opportunity to say, okay, well, rather than being jealous, maybe it's like she did that and she was successful there. And that means I can too. And I see that in her because it's in me. And so sort of like shifting the mindset and shifting your perspective when that type of experience comes up. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that I was just working with um, high schoolers earlier today and we were talking about like body image and the way that we see ourselves and talk about ourselves. And we can really idealize other people Mm -hmm. and then demonize ourselves. So just that reminder of, yeah, it is already within us and it might look slightly different within us, but it's there. And that's actually the beauty of it. Like Mm. it would be really boring if that person was exactly like Gabby Bernstein and everyone was exactly like her. That Mm -hmm. the point is that we're all different and we're all going to do things slightly differently. Mm -hmm. And that's the magic. And when we can lean into that magic, it gets 
so much more fun, Mm -hmm. so much easier. And from a business perspective, like people are more drawn to you mm-hmm. when they know they are getting you and this is your point of view and this is how you do things rather than, oh, this person seems like an off-brand Gabby Bernstein or whatever. But right. even, yeah, um, I just feel like that's such a powerful reminder. Yeah, I completely agree. So I feel like we're really like going on a tangent here on self-expertise and I really like this. So let's help the listeners. I feel like we've sort of shared some ways in the conversation we've had, but if they want to be building this self-expertise in service of their business or their growth or self-care, which is sort of where we started the conversation Can you give us like one or two exercises they can use, like maybe something more specific than more specific than like journaling that they could use to start, I don't know, sinking into themselves? Yeah, I think a simple, easy thing to do is when you finish a task and you can just have like a notebook and just write down like what you did. If you were energized by it and you can just put an up arrow, if you were not energized by it, it drained you, put a down arrow and then maybe put a note about it. I think that in and of itself can be huge because I've definitely quit different marketing strategies or shifted things that we were doing in the business because I realized that it consistently like, oh, this is always draining me. And I was just doing this because I felt like I was supposed to or because this competitor or contemporary was doing something and I felt like I had to do it that way. So I feel like for all the busy business owners who are like, this sounds like a lot of work, that's just an easy thing. Try it for a week. Just when you're done with something, write down what it was, up arrow, down arrow, any notes that you want to have about it. That's going to give you so much data without a ton of effort. What it's also doing is it's training you to check in and to Mm -hmm. notice what feels good for you, what doesn't, and why. Like, how do you know that you're drained? How do you know that you're energized? Like, for me, I I physically feel it. I don't drink caffeine, but it feels like, oh, I'm so awake. I'm wired right now. And when I'm drained, it's like this physical heaviness. That's how it feels for me. It might feel different for you. So that's one exercise that I would offer. The other thing that I would consider is, looking at a meaning-making system or a personality assessment and digging into it. Now, I always talk about, and I talk about this in the book, I I view all assessments in a workout has a self-care assessment. I view all of them as conversation starters. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why we have to ground this in the self-expertise conversation, because I'm not telling you to read this and then it's saying something about you that you just know not to be true about you, or at least not in that way. And so first read through your Enneagram results or your human design or whatever it is and like tune into what what lights you up and feels like a mirror to you and the things that you have question marks on and you can even mark it up. Yeah, this is true. Underline it. I don't know about this. Put a question mark or put a dotted line underneath it and allow that to start a conversation with yourself and then start to filter things through that. It's been interesting for me. I'm an emotional generator. Mm -hmm. And so I've been going on my whole journey of, oh, I'm doing a lot of things like a manifester. I'm 
initiating a lot of things when actually things can just come to me if I'm like working in my own Mm -hmm. container and managing my energy. So I've been playing with that. I actually got in a trap where I felt like being a generator meant that I was only supposed to do things that people asked me to do. And I felt like this like cosmic order taker. Mm. And it was so not useful for me. And then I realized, oh no, I'm supposed to do things that energize me. And sometimes it's someone asked me to do something and it energizes me. Sometimes it's just like this internal energy. So I've definitely taken these things at face value, even as I'm talking about Mm self-expertise. So that's why I'm framing it as an invitation for you, even as you're reading the results and experimenting to let it build your self-expertise, learn what works for you, feel comfortable setting aside some stuff that doesn't work for you. Yeah, absolutely. I had Erin Claire Jones on a long time ago, talking about human design. And she was like very clear at the beginning of the episode to remind us like, this is meant to enhance what you're doing. This is meant to give you something to connect to. It's it's not meant to be a manual or prescriptive or to force you to change anything. It's just there to give you a little more insight into who you are and, um, and see what you connect with. So I, I feel like that's an important reminder, especially For those of us who are like me and maybe like you, very like ambitious type A, we tend to like take things and make them rules and feel very rigid with them. And so I think it's a good reminder to just like be open to receiving what feels good and let that land and know that what doesn't feel good doesn't doesn't have to be there. It's not a black and white type of thing. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. It's like you're the expert. This this thing is in service of you, not the other way around. Right. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing today about self-expertise. And I love where this conversation went, such great exercises and good things for all of us to continually come back to as we're growing, building a business. And um, before we shift gears, if there is one last thing that listeners walk away with today, if they walked away with nothing else but this, what would that be? Yeah. I mean, there's so many good things. I, I feel called to just invite you to walk around in that energy and maybe you say it to yourself of like, I am my own best expert. And when in doubt, just ask yourself, what would I do in this situation if I believed that I was my own best expert? And a lot of times it's like, oh, I wouldn't obsessively Google this thing Mm. or I wouldn't have my first reaction to be to buy this expensive course, I might like experiment a little bit on my own, clarify what I need help with, and then seek the support. So yeah, just play in that energy and see what it opens up for you. I am believing that it will open up some really good things. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And shifting gears, tell us what you're getting intentional about right now. Yeah, I was telling you at the beginning of this before we started recording it's just we're coming into a really full season as i prepare for a book launch so i'm being really intentional about my mornings i am just i like my life more when my mm. mornings are better and it's not even that i get up super early but it's like i need to move my body i need to meditate some days i write but like the moving my body and the meditating that has to happen to set me up for the rest of the day 
especially as the days get fuller and fuller. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? Yeah. So I'm like, where to start? Mm. So the big way to connect is at the book. If you go to innerworkout.co right on the main page, it'll be a button for you to pre-order the book or to order the book. And if you like real, more real-time things, I am on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. I'm mostly a stories person. Inner Workout is on Instagram at Inner Workout. Again, mostly stories. And then both me and Inner Workout, we have weekly newsletters. So if you're really into conversations around self-care and personal development, you'll love Inner Workout Self-Care Sundays. And if you're more like, ooh, I want to talk about process and building a business, you would love my personal newsletter, The Process Report. And that comes out on Mondays. I love it. I love it all. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.